Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with a host that flunked out of the Columbia School of Broadcasting, not associated with CBS. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast for those of you that are 18 and over or where smoking is legal and the age is whatever. You got to be of that age to listen to the show, so there you go. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you 100% on a pre-recorded broadcast of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Why? Because I had a last-minute trip down to Florida for two nights. So by the time you're listening to this, I will be uh, hopefully basking in some warmth of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yeah, the job has got me on the road more than I thought it should. But anyway, in tonight's show, in Pipe Parts, I'm going to talk about a little industry update, talk about what happened on my trip. I think it'll be interesting for... Those of us in the uh, pipe smoking hobby will uh, hit on the trip for that. My guest tonight is a pipe maker, musician, and a former officer in the East German Army, Nils Thompson. Nils came to my attention by uh, Dan Locklear and uh, hooked us up. I recorded this a couple days ago, so it's quite interesting. Nils is... Uh, Definitely 100% a character and a man who is passionate about everything that he does, so I hope you'll enjoy the interview. Going to get caught up on a big mailbag, and yes, I will absolutely 100% talk about the cruise at the end of the show. Uh, Plus, we've got music from Niels Thompson for tonight, so... East German, German blues. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting. Anyway, yes, I'm down in Florida right now. Why? Because we need to purchase a trade show booth. So I'm down here to meet with the uh, with the booth manufacturers and designers, and that's uh, part of the fun stuff that keeps me on the road and on my job. Anyway, hopefully I can get in and see a couple of smoke shops while I'm down there. But anyway, not a big trip. I'll be back home on Thursday, so don't worry about me. I brought a couple of pipes and brought a couple of cigars, and if I've got free time, hey, I know exactly what to do. All right, everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go. This is Internet Radio. Eck, I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. The Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. 
Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellandDeal.com. We are back, and it is getting a little smoky here in the uh, recording studio built here at my home office. Anyway, last week, um, as many of you know, I went to Las Vegas, and it looks like U.S. Air might be trying to suck up to me a little bit, but they're going to get hammered in the rant coming up at the end of the show, so listen to that. Anyway, started off the trip with a uh, 6 p.m. flight out of Charlotte where I got upgraded to first class and got on the plane, and the flight attendants were wonderful, and the flight was wonderful. It got there a half hour early, got my bag pretty quick, and was on my way to... Uh, the SLS Hotel. Now, the SLS Hotel and Casino is what used to be the world-famous Sahara Hotel. And the Sahara went bankrupt, and this new group came in and bought it. It's a group that puts out, uh, that really knows nightlife and restaurants and stuff like that. And they've got a couple of hotels. So it is uh, very trendy, very fashionable. But let me first of all say to you all that I have a new home on the Las Vegas Strip, and it is called the SLS Hotel. Not only are the rooms, well, they're they're small, but they're nicely decorated and very functional and comfortable. But the people, every person at the SLS Hotel was absolutely friendly, and not the fake friendly. They were the real friendly. They were really happy to see you, happy to be there, and uh, went out of their way for you. So all I can say is if you got a chance and you're going to Vegas and you want to stay on the Strip, try the SLS Hotel. Yes, it's way on the north end of the Strip, but for those of us on a budget like me, uh, I like to use the monorail. The monorail picks up right at the back of the SLS and runs all the way up to the MGM Grand. So you can, in 15 minutes, you can be on the other end of the Strip and you can get all-day passes and week passes. But anyway, I can highly recommend the SLS Hotel. Uh, Now, the reason I was there was called the Tobacco Plus Convenience Expo, or the Tobacco Plus Show. The show is primarily for what we would call discount cigarette stores or convenience stores. Lots of independents and then distributors from across the country come out to see what's going on. Uh, This is not targeted towards the premium cigar and pipe retailers, so it's a different different trade of class. For example, instead of me bringing Sutliff and McBaron tins and high-grade pipes to show, I brought basket pipes and our value-priced tobaccos and our value accessories. Um, I do think that it was exceedingly well-attended and buyers were out buying on the show floor. So that was a good sign for me because If buyers are buying, that means there's a market, right? Very simple. Uh, One of the things that I did observe that was fun was a lot of it was e-cigarette or vapor suppliers selling their wares, and there was a lot of companies from China there exhibiting and trying to sell their manufactured goods to all those other companies. So it was kind of fun for me to sit back and watch. Uh, I did have several people that, 
stopped at my table to look and see if the pipe tobacco that I had was the fake pipe tobacco or the real pipe tobacco, and they were uh, uh, they weren't happy to see that it was the actual real pipe tobacco and not the fake stuff. So that's still out there. Uh, the one thing that I can say from a uh, pipe smoker standpoint, all these vapor smokers are all very good for us as pipe smokers or for the pipe smoking hobby. And why I say that is because these vapor guys are getting very much into their flavors and the delivery devices and modifying their vapor things and getting different shapes and styles and mixing their own uh, their own e-liquid. So that is all very good for us because I have a feeling that the U.S. government in particular is going to come down on a lot of these guys. And these vapor things are no longer just nicotine delivery devices. They are lifestyle choices. So when that happens, hey, maybe they'll switch over to pipe smoking. So happy to see the enthusiasm for vaping, worried about what will end up happening with them when the FDA does come down. Um, on Friday, spent the day at a retailer, the Las Vegas Paiute Tribal Smoke Shop has a cigar shop, and they want to get back into pipes and pipe tobacco, so I did a little, uh, trunk show in-store event there, and the highlight of it was meeting the three guys, uh, Luke, Devo, and, uh, Brad, better known as, uh, Lord of the Pipe Rings. They have now formed the Las Vegas Pipe Club, so if you're heading to Vegas... Hit them up on either on Facebook or on uh, the forums and find out where they're meeting. We've got a club in Las Vegas, and I can tell you from spending time with those three guys, it's going to be a great club. It was a lot of fun. All right, there's a little recap. I want to cut this short so I can get the mailbag caught up, and in just a minute, we'll have my uh, recorded interview with Niels Thompson. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection, from the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit. As the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burleys with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth, you smile, casting your first line into the water the slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple 
yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sudliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by purchasing a tin today. For the first time ever, I am excited to welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show a German pipe maker of real German heritage going all the way back to East Germany, but musician, pipe maker, Niels Thompson. Niels, welcome to the show. Hello, Brian. Hello, Katjewitz. So you are actually in Berlin right now as we're recording this, correct? I sit in my shop and workshop in Berlin. And, yes. And you, you grew up in East in uh, East Germany. Yeah, I grew up uh, close by the coastline. We call it Baltic Sea. Yeah. Uh, in the north of the old GDR. And I've never I I don't think I've ever met anybody that I have actually known that was from the old East Germany. What was it like growing up? Look, that was a historical break 20 years before, around 20 years before. Because not all are happy, but I think we have not so bad de- development in the moment. And you have areas with really a small number of jobs. Uh, we have new centers, although all is, in, uh, is developing in a moment, and it's not so bad. Eh? Although I think it's not so bad, what we find now. When you when you went to school, did you go directly from school to the military? Yeah, I made uh, 12 classes. Uh, that was a high school, finishing, and then I studied. Uh, three years to uh, become an officer in the army. Yeah, I made it directly, yes. And how long did you spend in the army? How many years? No, I, the first years, the three years I was on a military high school. Then I was 11 years uh, commander of uh, companies or, or in the end of a battalion, an artillery battalion, and then I studied again in a military high school to become a higher officer, and then the war broke. Other 15 years, I think, summary, 15 years. In the end of the day, I was a major of artillery, although I had cannons and so on. So that had to be quite a change when the wall came down, and now you, you became one country again. Um, yeah, the first time... It was a big changing, yeah? that, that's for sure. I was born in a socialist country and I grew up in a socialist country under that conditions. And it was, it was hard, it was not so, so easy. But I say today, I'm not sad. I think that was historical uh, necessary, that, that bullshit of two German countries that had to finish, so, and 
everybody who was a bit a bit strong had a new chance, also me. And some people could not get it, but a lot of people had a had a had a chance and no, I think it was it was a good thing that we are now one country again. But my army, my old East German army is broken. Yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> But I'm not sad about that, really not. No, you have a you have a much more relaxed and happier life now. Uh, to be honest, uh, I I like always what I do. To be honest, yeah. And I was, yeah, I, I liked my job as an officer. That was not a job for me. That was a bit more than a job, only a job. But. Then uh, I had a big construction firm end of the day, and now my pipe making here. Also, to be honest, what I do, I like, or I do not. So, and so, mm, no, it's not in that in that case. It's not not worse and not. Uh, do you think that your positive attitude on what you do is has made you is that a very common attitude or has it made you more of a special person in coming from east germany and then into and then living in berlin no i think not i mean uh, you have such people and such people and i think when i think back i, I think you should have what you do you should have a, a bit of engagement for that. Uh, if it is in, in, in English right word now, engagement, yeah? Yeah. Also what I do, then I give a bit strength in and try to to find out what I, what I can like or what I can love in, in, in the things what I do. And then I want to have a bit success also. So, and in the most time I do things with people together, to be honest. And the pipe making, I sit not alone in my shop always and wait for people. No, we founded a, a nice, a nice pipe club here. It's called, it's calling um, Berlin Tobacco College. It is well known in Germany, and then we found it here in the east part of Germany on <laughs> at my table here in my shop with club friends. The East German Pipe Association under the roof of the German Pipe Association. So the development is now so that I I like what I do again with my pipes here, and there are a lot of nice people around. And so I met, for instance, uh, also a lot of American Pipe Association members and championships or whatever. No, that is what I like. Do things, but end of the day, with people or for people or in the interest of some people. And I, I like to be a part of of groups of yeah, of nice guys. To be honest, when did when did you start smoking a pipe? Oh, early. My so long I could think. Uh, I, I saw my, my grandfather and my father smoke a pipe, and I grew up in a town in the north, and that was usual to, to, smoke, to smoke a pipe. A lot of people smoked them. 
I don't know, I think my first pipe, <laughs> to be honest, I had stolen the tobacco from my father <laughs> with eight or ten years. <laughs> but then you know what happened. <laughs> yeah? yeah I, I started really, I think, so with 30 years, as a 30 years old guy. Was there, uh, were there a lot of choices of pipe tobaccos to smoke? Not not so, but uh, we we had uh, not so big tobacco industry, mm-hmm. and that industry made more cigarette tobaccos. Uh, I I don't know how many sources we had. I think maybe ten tobaccos, and five of them were import, really expensive from from Holland. I think came that. Yeah. Uh, say ten. Ten kinds of tobaccos, but but I have to tell you, uh, we smoked a lot of little pipes, yeah. Yeah. So and uh, you could can smoke that this normal cigarette tobacco if you make tobacco a bit shorter. So so really little pipes with uh, fine tobacco, yeah. Also a lot of us smoked fine tobaccos. So you'd smoke a, a smaller pipe and use a cigarette tobacco in it, and then maybe a pipe tobacco as well, if you could get it. Yeah, sure, and and uh, in bigger pipes then. Yeah? yeah. Although we had pipe tobaccos, but not so a lot like today. It's, that had to be quite a difference for you to see all of a sudden all new pipe tobaccos. Mm, yeah, that's right. But end of the day. Uh, the most what we have in Germany is aromatic. Yeah. And I came really fast back to the roots again. And, and I smoke in the most natural tobacco I, ma- I make myself now, since 10 years, I think. Uh, Vic, Vernon Wick, our uh, year old president of the Pipe Association, know that good. It's yeah. really strong and absolutely natura- naturally. And the choice here is not so big, also not in Germany. A lot, we have a lot of sweet tobaccos and not so a lot of flakes or natural tobaccos. Yeah. When you make pipes, do you also make them with the filter and without the filter? Um, yeah, the thing is, look, you should know, uh, I think you know that I have a well-known shop here, middle in Berlin. Yeah. And uh, I have not only export or selling over the internet. People sit in my shop and we have a talk and we talk about things and politics and whatever, about pipe smoking. And that are the most German customers. Yeah? I have every week also customers from other countries as well. But So I make pipes this filter because it's here in Germany usual. I, usual, I think you know that. And I like to make pipes for them. Uh, my my dear customers from Berlin and whole Germany and Austria, wherever. And I make also filterless pipes, yeah. So you're, in your store, you sell not only your own pipes, but you sell other brands and supply other tobaccos for the, uh, for the entire area. Yeah, sure. The thing is, look, I have a... a a lot of starters also, and really normal, nice customers here. And I cannot say, hey, start pipe smoking with one of my pipes for 150 or 200 euro. 
No, I have a lot of serial pipes. I think 500, 800 serial pipes here yeah. for everybody. And my own and a lot of estates also, yeah. So I have pipes for everybody. Tobaccos, not so much. But I have all the basic tobaccos. So Virginia, Burley, uh, Perrick, Latakia, and all that. And a lot of my special customers mix them their, themselves. And I made my own casing here for them. Also they buy the tobacco and then they mix themselves. So we have the little recipe books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a special shop, you know. Yeah, uh, it's like an ace. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Just to, just to translate for Americans, a series pipe is what we would consider a factory-made pipe that comes by shape, and then the handmaids are all made by hand, and they're all one of a kind. To say I have serial pipes, maybe Stenville, some Dunhills, whatever, yeah. Crown, manufacturers, and then I have my own handmaids, then I have a really a lot, quite a lot of estates, as of use pipes, pre-smoked pipes, you call it, I think. Yeah. And I have some brands. Uh, I made the design. Maybe you know that. That I won two times the exhibition in Dortmund, the world's biggest tobacco exhibition there, uh, with the shape of mine, uh, the design prize. So, and so I have pre-copied bolts sometimes of that special pipes. And uh, I finish. I make the whole finish, different mouthpieces, whatever, without filter, with filter. Uh, we, you know, you call it semi-freehand, is that right? Yeah. 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 So, so I have also some what I designed. So, for instance, my college pipe or yin and yang pipe, maybe you know that. Or the tin pipe uh, I made last year together with two big firms as manufacturers. Yeah, and so I, I think in end of the day, uh, all that sections uh, that is important because I have my own shop, yeah, and I have customers from the street, I have customers from USA. I had, I think, ten, twenty guys visited me here from USA or Canada or wherever, and so I want to have for everybody a thing what you really like, and. I have to see that everybody can pay that what he wants. For instance, a, a young student, because Berlin is a big city with a lot of universities and so. And uh, I have to have for a student also a $50 pipe, yeah. What? That's uh, good, understandable. Mm -hmm. who, how did you learn how to start making pipes? Yeah, I, uh, after wall breaking, also when. You call it peaceful revolution here. Yeah. <laughs> well, after that wall breaking, uh, I started with the carpentry, by the way, uh, and made so little furniture and all that. So I have all the the machines what I need for pipe making. But then that manufactory that was uh, 1989 grew up, up then to the to the really big. Uh, construction firm. I had 400, 120 people here. Mm. And after that, uh, and in that time, I made the first pipes from, from, for me to smoke it myself. Yeah, and then I run around. I visited some manufacturers, Berlin Design, maybe you know that, or Vaughn. Yep. Then I 
visited some famous pipe makers, for instance, Rainer Barbie or Barbie, some Danish guys, and came in contact with them. And so you learn always a bit and always a bit. You have to clean up the workshop of them later on. <laughs> and then they give you a bit information, they give you a bit knowledge of, of the dunes, and then you have to train. And first I trained in my little workshop in my carpentry, and I think some years later, it was 1990, 1992, no, 2000, 2002, I opened my own shop with a workshop. I have a shop with workshop in, in the center of Berlin City now. Yeah, but you train every day. You see what, what you could, can make new. You try to make innovation things. For instance, my combined uh, house pieces, you, you call it stem, yeah? yeah. Stem? So combined from from Briar to uh, Berlin Cumberland, I know it. Uh, I I call it. I found out this is acrylic stuff, and so on. Yeah, you have to learn every day a bit more. But I'm now in a situation that mm, that the shop is not running bad here. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more pipe making, and then we're going to talk about music. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for cupofjoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook. Cupofjoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary prices. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with... Uh, Pipe maker Niels Thompson of Berlin, who Niels also a tobacconist and pipe designer and musician. We're going to get to that, but Niels, I, I for the first time ever, I went to the Dortmund show last year, and now you've made me decide that I need to go to Berlin to visit you because it sounds like a wonderful shop. Now that's nice to hear if it is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you are when you're looking at a pipe, do you follow the wood to see where the grain is and find the shape, or do you think of the shape first and then work with the wood to get it? Yeah, yeah you have different. I think you have always different ways. Yeah, maybe you have an idea for a shape, 
For, for instance, for my tin pipe, maybe. Yeah? I don't know if you know that. You find that on www.tinpipe.eu. For instance, I can send you the link. And that is a shape. If you make a pipe, you you want to bring it in a circle tin, in, in a then 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 you must find out a block of wood you can use. That is one way, I think. You have a basic idea, or the yin yang pipe, for instance. You have a basic idea, and you look for a, for a block you can use. That is one way. And the other way, I make it more, you have a block of wood, you have an ebochon lay on your table and you you look at it and, and you grip it and you lay in 3D a pipe bowl in this block. And then you see how, where, where's the direction of the grain and where are the bird's eyes and, and what do you want? You want to make the bird's eyes underneath or whatever you want. Other than the most, if I make free hands, I have first the block of wood. And then I decide what I like to make a pipe from. How many pipes per year do you make in your workshop? Mm, I would say mm, around 200, I think. So you're you're very busy all year long. Yeah, in the most. But I make not only freehands. I told you that I have. Maybe you find it on my site on special edition. For instance, the college pipe. Yeah, that is a well-known pipe I made on my own here, only with my hands in my shop on my workshop and machines. Two hundred eighty pieces, I think now from them. And that is a semi-freehand, yeah? That is, so I can make two pipes a day from that, from them. It's a long day then. <laughs> oh, I'm busy, I make everyday pipes. This is my main job. I like to. I like what I do. And I go to my workshop and make pipes and uh, meet customers here three days a week. That is always Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoon till late evening on and longer. Yeah, I, I make pipes, yeah, what? <laughs> you have five days a week, and you make a pipe a day, and you make 200 a year. The website, which has a lot of information and a lot of pipes to look at, is nilsthomsenpipes.com, nilsthomsenpipes.com. And there's links in there to all the different series and tons of pictures of great pipes and the and the workshop. The other thing that you do that interests me is you are also a musician. Uh, yeah, but to, to be honest, uh, this is in a moment more. By the way, uh, the most what I do that is blues music, blues and boogie, and so on. I wrote. Things of 50 songs, and I saved, I saved the right of that. <laughs> uh, I made the lyrics, uh, the music, the composition. I played it in the studio. Uh, I have I saved the rights of all what I did. Made some CDs with that, and make a bit money with that. With the things I play, 
sometimes with friends of the blue scene in little pubs or a bit bitter, bigger pubs, or I can also go alone, make acoustic music. That's not the main thing what I do. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I play my guitar often also here in my shop. I have my uh, part of my studio here. But it's not really professional. It's, I can go in pubs and, and uh, the people like to listen to that and make some CDs and I will send you uh, one again. One other from a friend of mine. Yeah. I've heard the CD. We're going to play a piece of music afterwards. It's very good. I am impressed. And I, and I have to say for somebody growing up in Germany, for you to learn that style of music and be interested in it, I find that to be, uh, to be very special. Yeah, in the East Times, uh, we had a bit other conditions here. Look, I had when I was in high school, from the, I think from the ninth class, class and after that, as I saw with 15 years, I think, I had, I had my first school band. And if you wanted in that time to play the guitar in pubs or clubs or what, wherever, you have to go to school and you needed a certification. Also you have to go to the musician school or they didn't allow you to play the guitar or whatever official. You could not play in a band without certification. So we all learned on music schools a bit guitar playing or other instruments. Yeah, I like that. And I had four years in my youth, so a school band, official, with uh, our name, and <laughs> also, and then in the army time not, and I had so a skiffle band, you know, skiffle music. Yeah. That is so acoustic. We, we made it then in the army times, also in the battlefield, <laughs> when we trained. You can make that where you are sitting, you can do that, yeah? With a piece of wood, and then you have the drums or percussion. <laughs> yeah, and after that, then I started again. I think yeah, in the in the early nineties. Then I could could get a good guitar. Yeah, we had not the best instruments in the GDR times, or electronics or whatever amplifier. And what you what you need around studio software and studio hardware, and so. I made a bit money and then I bought that, I bought that, I got to know some friends with studios here. And the CD you have, we made in a, in a studio with some guest musicians, all well-known East German blues musicians. So the blues harp or the origin or whatever. <laughs> and I can make it solo also. Yeah, so... Also the thing is, look, if I make music, I like to do that, I make that then, but in the meantime, I make pipes, and, and don't forget, I'm also a father of two children, that is also really important, and then also to, to like that, to <laughs> only to be a, a father and visit my daughter, she's studying in the north, and help her a bit with furniture, and I go in the carpentry, blah, 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 also <laughs> around me are some things I like. And one of the things is music, make music. <laughs> also, it's not so serious, it's, also, it's not so high professional. Why? Why I should do that? Who are some of your favorite musicians? 
my personal, yeah. Also I grew up in a time with Jimi Hendrix and Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, Rolling Stones, for instance, also. And yeah, that is my music. And then what you, I think you don't know that, we had in East Germany also some really, really good bands. Yeah, and for some of them, uh, I know some musicians out of that times, and they made really good German lyrics. So maybe you know, in a dictatory times, uh, you speak not directly, you speak between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. So we had really good lyrics here, some good bands played live also in Berlin, around Berlin, also in the north. I grew up also with them, not only with American or West German or English bands. And last question, when I come to Berlin, are there good places to go and drink and smoke indoors? Yeah, I can send you a link. We have a liberal uh, politics here in a moment. Also, we have really in our Pipe Tobacco College homepage a, a whole site with locations, with pubs, with restaurants and so on. We are still friends with them. You should know we go, one of us find out a nice whiskey pub you can smoke there. And he come back to the club and say, hey, let's go next Thursday. We meet every Thursday. Let's go in a pub there and there, and then I take my photo camera with me, and then we speak with the chief there, and we speak with some customers, and then I, I make a review of that pub. <laughs> some weeks later, we are well known there. So we have around us, I think, oh, 20 pubs we like. When we go, we, we are still friends with the chief there and with the other customers. Now, you have in Berlin this time, no problem to find out in a really nice shop what you want you can get a good restaurant to eat as in a non non-smokers area then you go in a lounge and smoke your pipe or you go in a whiskey pub with so students inside and also bricklayers you smoke your pipe you sit in midden of them or you have so old typical berlin pubs you drink there they are sitting drink beer Oh. eat meat and they have an extra little room to smoke a pipe or you sit in a typical Berlin beer pub German beer so you they have not a full kitchen then and then you sit in a pub and smoke your pipe or your cigar your cigarette there and we have in a whole area a good Mixed customers also, also non-smokers and smokers, and then in that pubs is really peace. There's a tolerant scene, also in a moment, especially in Berlin, yeah? It sounds wonderful, and I'm looking forward to visiting. It's really nice, and, and you find really nice and friendly pubs, and, and to be honest, we found out the most of them, they like pipe smokers, yeah? They come not so often. And they like the smell, and we have no, and we had never ever anger 
with other customers in these kind of pubs or restaurants or wherever we are, six to ten people, with naturally tobaccos most, not so much Latakia maybe, <laughs> and they say, hello, come, come again. Yeah. We will finish this up with the fast five final questions. There's no right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. So are you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite pipe? My own. Yeah. It's a handmade of myself. Quite really little. It's all cured. And it's, I can take it in a tobacco tin with me. That is my personally, in a moment, my personally favorite pipe. <laughs> Yeah. And what is your favorite tobacco? Mm, this is a Perique Virginia flake with small Virginia inside and a, a bit more burly tobacco. Either I need and I like really strong tobaccos because I smoke so really little pipes. And end of the day, to be honest, visit me, I make my tobacco myself. I mix myself and without that- Virginias. And now I want to try it when I get there. Uh, yeah, I can I can send you some gram. <laughs> <laughs> I send sometimes a 50 gram to Vernon Wick. <laughs> yeah. He knows that tobacco, ask him. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite drink? Uh, red wine. And when it's time for you to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? music that is and so blues music also uh, maybe you know Django Reinhardt yeah so an old blues musician yeah a gypsy I like him such music sometimes to relax yeah and then my last question is do you have a favorite memory that is related to pipe smoking yeah in my backhead I have the last world championship in Cologne I, that was so funny there, and so nice, and uh, for for me also successful in, in, in selling some. I met so a lot of nice people. Also, what I remember really often, and what I like to remember, that is the meetings of pipe smoker association uh, friends. They are funny. They are earth standing. Is this the right word? Earth yeah. standing. Yep. So uh, they like to smoke. You see the uh, humorous faces uh, that I like really. To meet somebody out of that scene, have a nice talk, smoke a pipe, and, and uh, what, I, what I found out: look, you you uh, speak some minutes about pipes and tobaccos and so, and then you speak about the country, about the circumstances of life, of uh, yeah, the politics a bit or whatever, and. They are so normal. They are so earth-standing. Niels, I'm going to make sure that everybody goes to your website. It's nielsthompsonpipes.com. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, Brian, to give me the, the possibility to do that. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. We'll be back in just a minute.
Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. <laughs> just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant playful pillow fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Hey! Sightlift Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. Hi, this is Matt Gus from the Seattle Pipe Club, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And yes, Kevin did survive his trip to, uh, to Seattle, and it was a huge success. Check out the article on pipesmagazine.com. And all I can tell you about Niels is after spending some time with him on the phone, uh, I feel like I've got a new best friend. He is a wonderful guy that is uh, very, uh, very easy to get to know. And he must make wonderful pipes because Dan Lockler raves about his pipes. So there's an endorsement for you. Check out his website, NielsThompsonPipes.com. And for music off of his album called May Day, here is Niels and some of his friends Doing a uh, blues song called Slow Smokin'.
you all to remember that neil said that uh, he's only good enough to play in pubs and places like that if i heard a guy playing like that in a bar around here i'd hang out there all the time check your mailbox you moron all right let's hit this big mailbag so here we go first of all first of all from new orleans the uh, new smoking ban in new orleans does not affect smoking inside a private event, so it does not affect the smoking at the upcoming New Orleans Pipe Show, nor does it affect smoking at the IPCPR, the trade show, in July. It does, however, mean that you are not allowed to smoke in your own car while you're at a drive through window. However, keep in mind, New Orleans is the place that has drive through daiquiris. Anyway... All right, going all the way back uh, a couple of weeks ago to the show with Ben Rappaport, John Seiler writes, I can't say much about stingers as I've not had a pipe with one for many years. I used to just take them out. Uh, I have followed Ben since the old days of the Pipe Smokers Ephemeris, published by Tom Dunn. I was also next to Ben at a table during one of the old cap shows outside of Washington. I purchased one of my favorite figural briar pipes, a minor, from him at that show. He is a prominent pipe author in our hobby. His books on Meershams are classics. Southern Bound was a nice guitar piece. I wish I could play like that. <laughs> I wish I could play like that, too. Uh, Riff Raff says, I only have one pipe with a stinger, and it is a Big Ben, which I bought new. I can't say whether it lends to a better pipe smoking experience or not. It just seems to be a bit more difficult when it comes to cleaning. I love the interview with Ben. The history of our hobby is what I find most fascinating. I guess that is why I enjoy estate pipes more than new new ones. Each one has a story. You may not know the story, but it is there. Uh, I love Gina's music. She's a very accomplished guitar player. It's a joy to listen to her. Uh, Aleguy66 writes, I really enjoyed the show. As a new pipe smoker, about five months, I'm learning more with each episode I learn. I listen on my commute and have made it most of the way through the archive. Welcome aboard. Glad it, glad it's helping. It's my way of uh, contributing to the archive of the world of pipe smoking. Uh, SS Jones Al writes. 
I'm a fan of K. Woody Stingers. I don't like a wide open draw, which is perhaps why I get along with those intact stingers. If anyone's interested, Steve Laug, I believe, did an essay on them at his blog site on RebornPipes.com, so check that out. Uh, Dino writes, Hi Brian, I got a second Peterson Dracula 999 for Christmas. It was a sandblast to partner with the smooth one I bought last year. This one, this is one of my favorite pipes. Quite a few of my first pipes had stingers, which I immediately removed, except one that had a screw-on stem. My pipe guru told me to get rid of the stingers. In his experience and in my short try, they didn't deliver any of their touted benefits. Without the stingers, these basket pipes smoked fine and still do 50 years later. Uh, He says, I enjoyed the conversation with Ben very much. He continues to be the intellectually stimulating historical voice of our community. And Gina's recording was wonderful. Uh, Larry Osborne said, does anyone out there in this big cloud of pipe smoke know where I can get another copy of Richard Carlton Hacker's The Ultimate Pipe Video? My VCR ate mine, and it was my favorite video to watch. I would suggest eBay. eBay would be the only place I could find. Uh, Neil K. wrote, another great interview. The guests really do round out the show. Yeah, it's certainly not me. Uh, Anyway, he says, their knowledge and experience not only contribute to the show, but to my growing pipe experience. I had a Meerschaum with a Stinger I bought a few years ago as an estate. Only recently had I begun smoking it and trying to build a patina by rubbing beeswax on it as I smoked it. When I got it, the stem did not line up properly, so I used plumber's tape to correct it. The patina was turning nicely. I had no idea to cut off the stinger so that the so that a pipe cleaner would pass through. I successfully cut off the ball at the end, leaving the threads to screw back into the threaded tenon. I over-tightened, though, and broke off the threads. I've been bidding on eBay for pipes with similar-looking stems, but I usually don't want to pay the going prices in hopes of getting a stem that might work. I had not planned on getting any pipe stuff for Christmas, other than that, maybe a tin or two of Pipe Club at the Pipe Club Christmas Exchange. We do a drawing type exchange where you get a number and pick a random present from the pile. We have a couple of pipe carvers in the club, Bob Gilbert and Colin Rigsby. I know the money and work that goes into crafting a pipe is worthy of more than they are willing to give away, so an artisan pipe is not expected. To my surprise, fate was on my side, and I received a brand new Sherwood Briar Pipe, a Colin Rigsby original. It is the best present of the year, and currently my favorite pipe. Thanks, Colin. I would have posted a picture, but I couldn't figure out how, but here's a link to the website. Uh, Oh, D.L. Gillen said, did I miss Ben's email address for the reading list? Thanks. I'll repeat it again. His email address is ben70gray, ben70gray at gmail.com. And going back to uh, the show with Tyler Beard, John Seiler writes, Hi Brian, I followed the photos of your Disneyland trip. Looks like you had a good time. In my humble opinion, either store tobacco in the original tin or else use mason jars. Your thoughts are good. Tyler Beard is a name that is familiar to me. I've not smoked any of his pipes, but who knows? 
The progression of pipes, pipe making, and pipe smoking on the internet has definitely been interesting, and now we have a now we have Facebook groups and Instagram. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, a customer in a tobacco shop, great find. It did sound like him, but I'll have to go through some of the recordings in my collection. Nice. And I won't go into his abbreviation rant because I'll keep it abbreviated. Uh, Riff Raff says, It is always good to hear the best ways to store tobaccos. You didn't mention keeping the tobacco in its original sealed tin for aging. I have a number of tins that are stashed away, getting some years on them. I have got to hand it to Tyler. Taking a sabbatical to spend time with his family is the best investment and use of time a person can make. That in of itself is commendable. I know that I, for one, am happy to see him making pipes again. Now I will have a chance to pick one up. I used to be one of the users to abbreviate prolifically. I stopped doing it a while ago when I heard people using terms like vacay for vacation or Cali for California. Anyway, uh, J.R. Tolkien doesn't sound all at all like I imagined him to sound. I don't know why. That was a very cool clip, though. Great show, gentlemen. And Casey Ghost says, One of the very best shows, the discussion on how to store tobaccos was really useful and seemed to be spot on. I guess I'm going to have to raise my opinion of Brian's opinion. <laughs> Pretty soon, Casey Ghost will be an expert on my opinion. Uh, anyway, just love the Tyler Beard interview. He seemed to be the guy that was there at the beginning. He had to learn how to carve his own pipes rather than getting on a website forum and getting quality instruction. His pipe makers forum is just a godsend to new pipe makers. I really don't think we need any more new carvers, but if you're going to be one of those, you have to take advantage of this site. Uh, I've told more than one young carver not to take commissions, but they don't just seem to. Uh, but they just don't seem. But they just don't see it. There we go. Spit it out, dummy. To the newbie, it is a badge of honor to get a to get commissions. But in the long haul, it just buries the carver in work he really doesn't want to do. Many of the newest carvers are using Instagram, Facebook as their internet presence rather than having websites. It isn't better, but it sure is cheaper and faster. Tyler has done great work in raising the level of interest in pipe smoking and pipe clubs in the Oklahoma, Texas region. I went to his website, and he does the thing that drives me crazy about carvers and their websites... Yes, it's good to know that the pipe is sold, but for the love of the briar, could you leave the selling price on display? The old radio clip was absolutely cool. I do have a question. If the museum has clips of the calls of extinct birds, how do they know that, that, that it's really that bird? Leave it up to Dan to come up with that one. <laughs> anyway, rolling on to S.S. Jones, Al. I enjoyed the interview with Tyler. He is a pioneer in the artisan world. On abbreviations or, anachronim, or acronyms, unfortunately, they are part of every web forum, no matter the genre. A rookie would be well served to learn some basic terms. We have at least one thread here on the forums. Don't forget, like on Doing Right Now, one uh, many folks use their phones for posting. While I can swerve type quite well, my, my mixture takes four additional steps to display properly. Additionally, if folks tag their posts, that makes searching more effective. The Tolkien audio was priceless. Uh, thanks. Uh, Voorhees says, I agree with Casey Ghost that pipe makers should leave pricing or have pricing listed 
even after a sale. I like Tyler's photos. I like Tyler's pipes, but need more information. I never use MM965 as a descriptor. I use Dunhill 965, but I don't mind Peterson's called Pete's or Savinelli's called Sav's. Okay. Uh, Tyler went on there and wrote, I'm glad you guys found the interview worthwhile. It was a pleasure talking to Brian. (laughs) Obviously, he was intoxicated. Uh, Leaving prices up on a website is a difficult and complex decision. If one's prices were static, it would be simpler. Also, if these were factory items with a simple price tier structure, it would be easy. Instead, each price is semi-unique to the piece. Different embellishments, different grain flaw qualities, not always apparent in photos, makes for prices that aren't really differentiated on a website. As I mentioned in the interview, my website acts as a brochure. I haven't updated it in about four years. The price of those pipes would perfectly reflect what I might charge today. Uh, If you were to inquire about a pipe, I had just posted on Instagram, and I tell you the price is $4.50. I don't want to get in a situation where someone feels cheated because the same pipe sold for $3.75. Anyway, he goes on for a little bit. Uh, He does state, and I apologize for not asking him this question, but his pipes start out at $400 for blast and $750 for smooth, and that's his base prices and go up from there. Uh, I will say in regards to uh, Tyler's interview, we have some wonderful people in the hobby that have contributed an awful lot out of the goodness of their own heart with uh, Pipe Makers Forum and Pipepedia.org. Uh, last week's show, catching up, here we go, yay. Uh, John Seiler writes, uh, There are many easy repairs you can make on your own pipes or on estate pipes that you obtain. Your recommendation makes sense, it's not something I've tried. I have known Regis for about 15 years, I've read most of his books. He's a fine author and a great pipe smoker in conversation. I always look forward to his articles in The Pipe Collector. As you can see from your interview, he is a great storyteller, great interview. Uh, I tend to agree with Ben and your comments regarding new pipe makers. Too many who are not established, charging too high a price. They reach a master's level. Rave, the letter to Roush Racing was quite good, as was their response. It's great that someone takes the time, even late, to reply in a fine fashion. Uh, Anyway, and uh, uh, Kevin posted the... A letter from Roush on the uh, website, so you can check that out. Riff Raff says, Welcome home, Brian. Pipe Parts was very enlightening. It is great information to have. The interview with Regis was fascinating. I've not read any of his books, but that is soon to change. I also enjoy his articles in The Pipe Collector, as I do all of them. Uh, I love the story of how he started pipe smoking and getting the job at the finance company. Being on a limited budget prevents me from getting all of the pipes that entice me and remaining on in the good graces of my wife. I liked your suggestion that new pipe makers should not sell their first 50 pipes. That should be their apprenticeship period. Whatever happened to paying your dues? And last, Dan Coomer, Casey Ghost writes, Highly informative pipe parts, but I will remain obdurate. I'm going to have to look that one up, in how I go about repairing refurbing. I find someone competent and let them handle it. 
Regis has been an influential member of our pipe community for quite a while. As one of the founding members of the NASPC, he deserves special praise. Not a big fan of his books. The first one I tried, I had a private detective with a drinking problem. Man, we sure needed another one of those. I'm a big fan of his articles. He writes for the NASPC magazine. Those are interesting and informative. Uh, it was nice of Jack Roush to respond to you. He must be—he must get quite a bit of mail, and to have even read yours is impressive. Once he meets you, he'll, he will get over that. <laughs> Boy, with friends like that, <laughs> what do I need enemies for? Um, no, but that's probably true. Uh, if a new Carver, Dan goes on to write, if the new Carver thing offends you, just don't buy from them. I think we will all agree a Carver ought to pay their dues. And there you go. He interviewed Tyler Beard last week, and his pipe makers forum alone can cut years off of a, an apprenticeship. All right, there we go with the mailbag. I am now officially all caught up. And now we will talk about the cruise that we've been trying to plan. And here's where we are. We are looking at, are you ready? September 5th on Carnival Glory. We decided on it for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I've been on that route, so I know that ship and I know the stops, and that will make it easier for me to help everybody. And two, Miami is much easier to fly into. It is on Carnival Glory on September 5th, departing out of Miami. Inside cabins are $459 per person plus port tax, fees, and tip. Outside or ocean views are $579 per person, double occupancy, plus port taxes and tip. The ship will stop at Half Moon Key, which is the private island, St. Thomas of the U.S. Virgin Islands, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Grand Turk with two full days at sea. This itinerary also will give us a chance to meet for six different times for at least an hour and a half where we will have separate uh, programs each meeting time and it may be tobaccos to sample or pipes to show and swap. Nothing to purchase on board the ship, but if we get enough of us, I'll also be able to get the ship to throw in maybe a wine tasting or a liquor tasting for one of those. Anyway, it is September 5th out of Miami. Departs at uh, 4 o'clock. Need to be on the ship by 2 p.m. and return seven days later. It is a 110,000 ton ship that's almost 1,000 feet long and I believe 14 decks above the sea line. It's a big ship with a lot to do and a lot of fun on it. Non-smoking, non-pipe-interested companions that will come along. Plenty of stuff to do while we're getting together in the uh, in the jazz lounge. Plenty of things to do or plenty of things not to do. Plus, all the meals are included with that. And there's a couple other options that you can add on for uh, soft drinks and, and for those of you that like to drink. There's a couple options there. Now, here's what we need to do. I need to get 32 of you, or 16 cabins, to email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and then I will give you a reference code once I get all 16 cabins ready to go. So email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. 
The deadline to email me will be, we'll make it easy, February 28th, so that we can book at these rates and get the added freebies thrown in that the cruise line will offer if we get all 16 cabins booked. Should you want a balcony for some reason, you can't smoke on them, so I don't know why you would, you can pay extra, and you can go straight onto Carnival's website and look up Carnival Glory September 5th from Miami and see the rates for upgrading your cabin. Or you can ask me if you have any questions. Brian at PipesMagazine.com. And in just a minute, part one of a rant. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. Meet Josh. Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority. But nobody interacts with him more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line. And I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. I have talked enough, and I'm getting tired, and I'm getting mad at U.S. Airways. Well, here's what happened. We had a problem checking in on or getting on the plane on uh, on the trip out to L.A. where I took my daughter with me, and I was concerned about some issues, but I won't go into that right now. I will tell you that U.S. Airways has absolutely no way whatsoever of talking to anybody about a complaint. Apparently, the only way you can do it is to fill out their form, and their form is limited to 1,500 characters. So, what I did was I filled out the form, and I told them the problem of what had happened, and at the end of it I said, I have more to say, but I've run out of room, so please contact me to hear the rest. Well, I get a reply back from them that, discusses the check-in at the process and how seats are assigned and this that and the other and i'm sitting there reading it and i'm going not not one thing that i said was wrong was talked about they completely tried to just give me a formatted response letter that took three business days to get back so what did I do? I took that exact letter and that reference number, went back into their form and said, see the attached reference number above? You did not answer any of my questions whatsoever. Please try again. I waited another three days for another response that says, 
Basically, we're sorry that our response wasn't satisfactory to you, but that's all we're going to say to you. So then I went and I called the uh, I called the silver special people number, and they said, no, we have nothing to do. We can't do anything. You have to go in and fill out that form. So I emailed them. Emailed them a comment at the silver special benefits people, and I have yet to hear back from them. So now it's about time for me to either write a letter or change carriers. And U.S. Air, I'm not done with you. Next week, I'll tell you exactly what they did that set me off, and I'll tell you exactly what I think they did to one of, to uh, make one of their employees have a better ride out there. All right, that's it. I've talked long enough. This is the longest show ever, and thank God it's pre-recorded because otherwise Kevin would be tapping in my ear right now. But I do want to thank Niels for joining me. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Tell me.